0: Shut up and sit down. Oh boy, oh boy. It's time for another exciting episode of Third Shift. You know it's me, Matt. I'm your host. This is episode 68. With me, as always, oh gee, who could it be? It's my boy, Eric. Who could it be? There he is. It's me. hooray. He didn't scratch his arm it's off. Eric. He, he didn't. He hasn't pulled all the skin off of himself yet.
1: Yeah, if you guys don't know, I'm suffering from some kind of itchy disease right now. So I think I'm dying. I've been scratching my skin off. Uh, if I'm not here next week, I think Matt poisoned me earlier today or something. Oh,
0: you know what? I bet it is. I bet it's that Korean food. There's something in it, and you have that the mild white man allergy because you've never had you know Korean food before. Never
1: had Korean food. No. Or maybe the beef wasn't beef. Maybe it was dog after all.
0: Could be. Who knows.
1: Maybe I ordered the wrong one, and I'm allergic to dogs and cats, as you know. That's true, actually. So I might be breaking out in the mild hives and crap because of the allergies. Awesome. That's actually really... (laughs) That's not good.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. So that's awesome. So tell me about the other awesomeness that was your whole week, Eric.
1: Well, we didn't do too much this week. We played some video games on Friday, had some fun with that. We, uh, of course, last week, in case you didn't tune in, we had a nice, cool interview with Ash Lyons. It was awesome. It was a ton of fun. I enjoyed that once again. Big old shout out to him. Thanks for coming on. I can't wait to do it again. Yeah, it's a good song. I like That's right. Beyond that, I went and saw Thor Ragnarok. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you, I think this one places probably second or third on my favorite Marvel movie. Oh, nice. I wanted to say it was first. But as I sat down and you know really thought about it for a day or two, mm. I was like, well, it was awesome. But I think overall, with the story and everything else, I still think Captain America: Winter Soldier oh, yeah. stands its ground as my favorite. So, so,
0: the Thor franchise has gone from the very bottom up to pretty close to the top. top. That's pretty yes. good. That's a good, nice good, because nice Thor good jump one and there.
1: two are. Were poop, <laughs> yes, and deserve to just be forgotten. I do him a disservice by not knowing who it was that uh, uh, directed this one.
0: It was the guy who directed What We Do in the Shadows, a New Zealand guy. Yes,
1: and he's hilarious, mm-hmm. yes. He did a big old interview and everything. It was just hilarity the whole way through, and it shows in, in the movie. Thor goes back to being old school, just drunk and idiot, except he's not drunk at all in the movie, but hmm. he just does stupid things constantly and gets through on brute force because mm-hmm. that's what he does it's thor so pretty good i enjoyed that this week work nothing too special uh, yesterday i finally got my hands on horizon the frozen wilds and holy moly jumping back into that what a ton of fun i forgot that i love this game so much and i'm glad that this dlc hit when it did because it lets everybody remember that this game is a contender for Game of the Year mm-hmm. because it is fantastic and deserves to be in the conversation uh, for sure. Beyond that, not too much, man. What about you?
0: I can't think of a single thing I did this week. My one big story was going to be like, oh, man, we actually got the whole Third Shift crew together to play Overwatch on Friday night, and it was a blast, and we all drank beers, and we all laughed a lot, and we all had a grand old time. Yeah, that's, that's about my story, so, you know...
1: Well, that was a good old, grand old time. It definitely was. I remember lots of laughs, but I don't remember what about.
0: Hey, as long as laughs were had, it doesn't matter what they were Mm -hmm. about.
1: I remember faint hints of a conversation that was crazy, but that's about it. See, I was
0: going to say, unless somebody woke up sad, then those are the kind of bad laughs. But I don't remember anything like that, so.
1: No, there was no breaking each other's chops. Mm -hmm. No, it was all uh, story time. Awesome. But I remember the story got crazy at one point. just don't remember why or what. That's why you're not supposed to drink beer. You know, children out there, let me tell you. No, let me tell you. Don't do it. This
0: is why you're supposed to drink beer. <laughs> so you can have these existential <laughs> mysteries. You're never going to solve that mystery. No one's ever going to know what was said or done on that night. But it was a laugh riot, apparently.
1: That's right. And in my subconscious, I remember. Mm-hmm. Somewhere deep down on some level, I know. Mm-hmm. Just gotta bring it back up, man. Gotta go to a the therapist or something.
0: <laughs> what would you need the hypnosis for, Eric? <laughs> what life experience are you trying to dredge up? Just want to know what I did last Friday. <laughs> I was really fucking drunk one time, and I don't know what was said. Oh, Jesus, this is not for you.
1: I was, I was laughing. I just want to know
0: why. <laughs> <laughs> so you do not understand why you enjoy life. I under- No, no, literally, I don't understand what was so funny. <laughs>
1: Please, please tell me. (laughs) I need to know. (sighs) God's sakes, let me know.
0: So other than that, also this week I had work, and it's been fantastic. Oh, we actually did get a new temp dude in, so we've been training him the last couple days. I mean, I guess that's fun. And then we sent you on a ridiculous Korean food expedition, and now you're going to peel your own skin off, and it's great. So stay tuned next week for Matt's solo show with, you know, Danny's voice every now and then. Nope.
1: I think that's gonna work out just fine. As I scratch my neck, oh, I st- my God, you go. are disgusting, dude. I'm dying. It's, it's, this ain't good. It's like I'm
0: having, like I'm doing a podcast <laughs> with a homeless person. Hey, man, you got any? Uh, you got any? You got any crack around here? <laughs>
1: I'm hey, just a little bit, man. Just oh, oh man, it really
0: really itches here in my track marks, dude. What, got any uh, good stuff?
1: Getting, <laughs> getting these bumps all over me. Oh no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so as a team this week, we didn't do anything on Tuesday. No no Talented Tuesday art competition. As always, if you want to challenge us to an art battle, submit your fan art. We'll respond with ours. It'll be a great time. And we didn't have IG2G, because that's coming up next week. IG2G episode 18. I got a couple topics in mind already.
1: Heck yeah, you know I do. I'll be there. I'll be there. It'll be a fantastic time, Mr. Matt.
0: And I, and I got a surprise release that even I forgot about. But I downloaded it earlier, and I was like, "Ooh, I gotta play it." No, stop! You can't. You can't play it before the show. You gotta. You gotta just focus on the show. Otherwise, I'd be sitting there. You're texting me. Hey, man, I'm ready. Uh, give me like, give me like 45 minutes. I gotta, gotta do this cool thing. Gotta, gotta go enjoy my game. So there's a there's oh, a teaser. Man. There's a hook. What is that game that Matt's talking about? Bam! Look at that.
1: What game is Matt addicted to right now? Hmm. Huh, huh, huh. Or will he be addicted That's a to? I can't play it yet. Or will be he addicted to? Yes. <laughs> or won't he be? He thinks he will be, but we'll see.
0: I was addicted to the first one pretty heavy for a while.
1: Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> well then I have faith. I have faith this one will perform and do its duty.
0: I do as well. And of course this week we got shift codes for Golden Keys in Borderlands the pre-sequel. So hit up the Twitter, hit up the forums, hit up the Reddit, hit the, hit up your preferred shift code provider. Go grab those up. This Week in Gearbox, on the tertiary edge, we've got a sale on the Homeworld Remastered Collection on Steam. I believe it's 70% off through the 13th, so if you hear this episode right when it drops or just a couple days afterwards, hit up Steam. You can get it for super cheap, man. And then coming up this weekend, I believe it's on Saturday, K Pike Fashion, who is a Twitch creative streamer. She's a girl who does lots of body paint of famous characters. She's doing a body paint of Maya from Borderlands 2. She's actually got props and guns and stuff going on that too. So hit up her Twitch account, twitch.tv slash K Fashion. It, it's a usually like a full-day stream that she does because it takes a long-ass time to do this stuff. But if you don't have time for all the streams, she usually puts up like teaser images or like a quick teaser video on either her youtube or her twitter it's been a while since i followed any of it but if you don't have time for the full stream make sure you hit up her twitter account at least and she'll link to completed videos where she's doing you know her little pose action shot thing it'll be pretty cool i guarantee it
1: yeah and i know she also does like you were saying the the midways the just getting started and then of course the finished product so you can kind of see the different Steps and how she gets to the different parts of the whole makeup process, which is really neat. I loved the She Hulk she did. Oh yeah, probably still one of my favorite ones. That one just turned out phenomenal.
0: I think there's one she does like that quick like five second image of like her standing there just as the character, and then she moves to a different pose. And I can't remember which one it was, but there was one of them I was looking at, and I was like, yeah. And I didn't realize it was her Twitter feed. And I was like, gosh, that's a really nice drawing. And then she moved, and I was like, holy crap. I mean, mm-hmm. her stuff is legit. It is serious business.
1: and of course, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Battleborn's rotation. That's right
0: doo, 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 who we, do, got? Do, we got do,
1: Montana, Miko, Galt. who else are we working with on this one? We got
0: Eldrag, we got Pendles, and we got Oscar Mike. So you got a little bit Oscar of Oscar Mike. You know, you got some peacekeeper love in there and you got a little bit of the other factions too. What you think about this one, Eric?
1: Oh, this one, man, not a lot of characters I like to play. Galt's probably the only one I'm super interested in in this lineup. Mm. Maybe the Miko every now and again. But uh, tank-wise, obviously, you got probably the best tank you can have in Montana. Mm. And Miko is probably the best single-player healer. So, therefore, you put Montana and Miko together and you got yourself a great fun time. You got Pendles going around and the hell out of everybody. You got Galt, Galt pulling everybody in the back line, hopefully killing them in the process or missing your hooks over and over. Yes,
0: I was just going to say, maybe he's pulling people into the back line. Maybe he's just swearing over the microphone.
1: Yep, and then, of course, your last character that, you know, nobody plays. So there you go.
0: Poor Drag. Bro- broken for the <laughs> beginning, broken on forever. Well, not broken, but you know what I mean. Always maligned and never quite the way he used to be.
1: Except for that one guy who's just amazing with him. Who you know well, seems yeah. to always just come in and just beat the crap out of you, and you're like, you're not supposed to be this good. Mm. God, I hate you. I hate you.
0: <laughs> yeah, but a couple favorites of mine in there. You got Oscar Mike, of course. Shooty shoots. Drop the air strikes. And the sneaky, sneak Pendles. I love Pendles. I love seeing Pendles in any rotation because he's my favorite guy. He's a little resbot if you're in story modes. Ba-bam.
1: I do enjoy your Pendles, good sir. That's right. We have survived many a difficult situation with that Pendles.
0: A brute-forced Sean and Donut home through the full three-man Montana and the Demon Bear with them dying like Sean's dead, res- Donut's dead, res- Sean's dead, Donut dead, like constantly dead and me just running invisible i can't even hit them guys i can't i have to be the res bot okay oh gosh the, the things are coming the, the, the freaking cave-ins going i can't even res you this time oh man what the hell i just res you 40 <laughs> times do not try and give me what crap what do you want
1: from me what do you want from try me? not to die asshole <laughs> i remember a similar experience on the demon bears actually I was a however, and I'm running up top. Mm-hmm. And it was difficult. They were dying. I couldn't res anybody, obviously. So mm. I just kept running around healing myself <laughs> and let them just come back a million thousand times. Uh-huh. <laughs> we just ran around. We did it. It worked. Hey,
0: as long as it works, that's all that matters.
1: That's right. And, of course, you know, maybe that story is slightly different than I remember. So, you know, Sean can remind me if he thinks it was, but that's fine.
0: My My story is exactly how it went down. I remember that. If he says anything different, he is a dirty liar. <laughs> he is a liar. He's a liar! <laughs> so swinging off Battleborn, we're jumping
1: right on into Compulsion Games. Oh boy, what have they been up to? A whole freaking bunch. As you guys have heard me say over the last few weeks, they've been wrapping up all their 1.0 version of uh, We Happy Few. Mm-hmm. They've had Gearbox checking it out, playtesting it, sending them back feedback. They've been changing stuff here and there. Well, this week, they have f- finished for the most part, 1.0. They're doing all sorts of small tertiary side things, adding in little bug fixes here and there, this and that. But for the most part, 1.0 is on its way to being finished and done and ready to go. Oh, yeah. Yes, I'm excited. This is awesome, which means you know, we're right around the corner from getting this game, getting to get in there, just, oh, I can't wait to take all the joy in the world. I'm just going to pop joy constantly. I've decided that I don't even want to try to play the game as like, I'm getting away. I just want to pop joy.
0: <laughs> oh, see, I think this is just your subconscious going, oh, man, I'm so miserable at work and all day, every day. I wish I could just pop joy. Hey, here's a game where I can do it. Uh, press X to pop joy. Press S to does pop joy. Pop,
1: the joy. pop joy, pop <laughs> like,
0: oh joy. Why does this exist? Uh, Why does this exist, man? <laughs> <laughs> it does, Eric. It does.
1: I bet it does, actually. You're right, <laughs> Oh gosh! Now, one side note. Actually, there's probably two of them. Okay. Two things that were real interesting about this particular journal was that they were a little sad about the uh, the indicator when the, you're being suspicious or when people are enjoying what you're doing yep. or not enjoying what you're doing. They said it was kind of rudimentary and they wanted to fix it. It was just a color-based thing. Mm-hmm. So then now they've got these little different you know figures to kind of show you along with the colors of where you're at in the scheme of. Being noticed or being, you know, looked at funny all that.
0: I thought that was really cool, especially the way they said that this would help them bug test it more in the future as well. Because if you're just sprinting down the street, but it shows you're silent, which is the example they used, then it'd be a really easy way to catch it. It's just, here's the three categories of things you can do. And if you're supposed to be A, B, and C in that, and it shows up as AAA or, you know, whatever, then it's easy for them to catch that and fix that before it gets in our hands.
1: Yep. And then you have a bad experience because you're doing something outrageously dumb and nobody cares or notices mm-hmm. and then you're like, Well, that, okay. You're supposed to come try to kill me now. This is not oh whatever. Yep. Perfect. Great system. And then the second thing that I thought was really cool was that on the art team that PH has been working on the dynamite and it's like a super elite weapon in the game. Mm-hmm. And that instantly got me like, Oh yeah. Nope. Nope. I need dynamite in my life. Just gonna be I'm throwing gonna need dynamite. The dynamite. Yes. I will every single house, every single person why'd you would you just look at me? You looking at me? And then I open up my vest and throw dynamite out.
0: <laughs>
1: awesome. Because that's how you beat games, Matt. Is you throw that's true. dynamite.
0: <laughs> what did catch my eye speaking of weapons is somebody mentioned that they had some free time during the week and so they went back and added in like I think it was five more non-lethal weapons to the game. And I saw it and I went, cool, that means you can do like a non-lethal playthrough. And then I went, oh, bogus. Because anytime there's a non-lethal option, I always do it just because it's a challenge usually. And it just I've just forced myself to do it. Like in Metal Gear Solid Five, you can develop a million billion deadly weapons and shotguns and miss- missile launchers and all these other things. And I go in there with my Trank pistol and my little rubber bullets rifle every time. I don't know why, I just have to do it. I have to do it. And then if I kill somebody, oops, pause, restart.
1: Non-violent, man. God bless.
0: Well, which is weird because I'm insanely violent in some other games. But it's just when that's an option, it's just, plus, you know, usually if it's an option, then there's a trophy for it, so you get a little bit of reward. I don't know. It's just just something I always do. So I saw it, and I went, oh, man, that's going to be a challenge. But I will enjoy it, but still, I won't be able to throw dynamite at people.
1: See the sad part about this is now that they've got that, you know, there's gonna be a trophy for doing a nonviolent playthrough. Oh yeah, and I'm gonna get and, that trophy. And I'm not gonna get that trophy because but, I want to kill some of the people.
0: But you'll get the one for blowing up I'm half the get town joy
1: and blowing up the entire city. Uh-huh. High on joy, the entire game while I blow up everything I can find.
0: You'll see so many sparkles and Perfect. rainbows and hearts, exactly. And
1: butterflies, doves flying
0: out. <laughs> like <laughs> this is great. Life is good. <laughs> Amanda, will come down with the kids What cutesy game are you playing Are you playing some little girl game There's so many sparkles and <laughs> yeah. rainbows There's a man riding a unicorn What's that about
1: Oh perfect And I'll say just keep watching dear. Keep watching <laughs> Then I won't take my pills <laughs> Just let her oh, see Oh no Oh it's all turning to blood and death It's Like this is <laughs> how I see the
0: doing. real world every day Oh no Shh
1: Matt you're gonna get me taken away Stop it
0: The one man show I'm telling you.
1: Oh, you keep talking about it, man.
0: (laughs) Got you you infested (laughs) with the disease now.
1: (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, God.
0: (laughs) Uh, Awesome.
1: Besides that, I didn't see too much else going on that's of significant importance. I would say if you're interested, obviously, as per usual, get on over there, check out those journals. They're a ton of fun. I love reading them. And, of course, I'll have another one tomorrow right after our episode goes up. That's true, yeah. But hey, you know what? If you don't want to get over there, we at least keep you pretty much up to date.
0: Yeah, I think we do a pretty good job. And then, of course, we went through the Battleborn free rotation We talked about compulsion games. What's usually next? Oh, hey, it's Fortnite time. The very first piece of news for this is that the Fortnite Mare's Halloween expansion, Halloween little extra get-together story mode, new map, all that good stuff, that's been expanded basically through the end of November. I think it's going through... The 29th is what I last heard on the little developer stream thing that they did on Twitter. So, that's pretty cool.
1: No, that's amazing. Because I thought it was, you know, too short to begin with. Mm -hmm. And I was in there getting some characters, unlocking stuff, which you talked about a little bit last week. And I was like, dang, man, I wish this was longer so I had a more chance to get some more cool crap so I don't miss out until next year. Well, guess what? It happened. Mm -hmm. Because Fortnite guys, oh, man, you guys know what you're doing. It's amazing. And then... To prove they know what they're doing, they also announced that they've had 20 million players. Holy cow, man.
0: Yeah, that's nuts.
1: Obviously, they're still a ways away from beating out on old PUBG, but gosh bless, man, that's a respectable number.
0: And, and still, that's across all avenues of Fortnite. That's not even just the Battle Royale mode. I would assume the majority of it is in the free Battle Royale mode, because that's what's blowing up like nobody's business. But still, it's. That's awesome, because even comparing them to PUBG, because I still don't think that's even on any consoles right now, is it? It's stu- like... No,
1: it's coming to Xbox One soon, but mm-hmm. not out yet. Yeah. So it's just PC, PC, PC only. Mm-hmm. But no, definitely a good job. I'm excited to hear that, because that means nothing but good things for Fortnite and the Epic team. It means they get to keep making that game and improving it and throwing money at it, which is outstanding.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they've been making good improvements so far. I mean, from... What it was when it started already, it's 10 times more playable, 10 times more visually interesting. The graphics have gotten better. You commented on that the last time we were playing. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything about it is improving, and like we say, they're dropping a patch every week. And even between that, sometimes there's hot fixes and little mini patches that are popping through. I mean, that's, that thing's constantly getting updated. They're doing a great job with it. I'm really impressed.
1: Well, yeah, with all this money they've been getting, they were like, you know what we need to do, guys? We're going to add a bush. That's right. We're going to add a bush to the game. And I was like, mind explosion. You're telling me I can get a super legendary bush and then hide in it?
0: Yes. I've always wanted to become foliage. That's been my main goal in life. And I've tried to find ways, you know, I tried to find like a serum to inject that would grow like leaves and stuff out of my arm. That's what I gave to you earlier today. So Uh, we'll see if you become a bush, then I'll know that I can use it on myself. But until well, I then, I can
1: guarantee you. I know it's going to happen, man. I'm going to become the Swamp Thing, and then Sean's going to want to marry me.
0: That's true. So,
1: <laughs> thank you, thank you for that. You're welcome. Appreciate
0: it. <laughs> uh, but until that time, I'll have to content myself with playing Battle Royale, finding a bush in a chest or a supply drop, and running around with my little legs sticking out of it.
1: Yes, and now we laugh at this, but it's actually fantastic. And it's going to be fantastic for drinking beers because the second we get to be bushes together... Oh, my God. ...and we're sitting there, and then a team runs by us, and we're just giggling like idiot schoolgirls, and they just run past and don't even know we're there because we're a bush. Oh, that's gold right there. Uh, That's a memory.
0: (laughs) Although I, I will say the one thing that I think people will start doing is that the bush will disintegrate if it takes any kind of damage... So I'm assuming teams are just going to start running through shotgunning bushes nonstop. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. So, <laughs> see what would be really good is when we're <laughs> sitting in that tower, waiting. A bushes as bushes
1: <laughs> as bushes two bushes in the corners of the room like it's uh-huh. like a plant you know like you know grandma grandma mako was like hey i got these beautiful bushes i'm going to put in my house.
0: That's right. <laughs> it would be like up in the top of the hayloft. Well, i guess that's it's going to turn into hay soon but it's still a bush right now.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, it's fantastic. See? There's going to be a lot of good memories with these bushes. I can already see it. Oh yeah. I can see it in the stars. Oh, yes. <laughs> Definitely. So what else, Matt? What the heck else were they doing here?
0: There's not a whole lot else in that patch notes. I think it's mostly performance, you know, gameplay, performance enhancing stuff. A couple bug fixes. You can see Ramirez's ponytail in situations where you couldn't before. So if you're a ponytail freak, there you go. You got that too. You get to be a bush oh. and maybe see a ponytail when you aren't Ramirez's a bush. And see Ramirez's
1: ponytail. No, that's I am Ramirez, so, you know, that's a big deal. I,
0: I'm Ramirez, but I got a hat on because I'm so good. Uh, so okay. I, I can't see it anyway.
1: Uh, Well, speaking of good, they opened up the season shop for the Battle Royale. So if you're level 5, you get the glider, aerial assault 1, level 15 outfit, aerial assault trooper, level 20 outfit, renegade raider, and level 35 pickaxe, the raider's revenge. So all really sweet items you can get as you level up and become a bad man pajama. I thought that was pretty neat, yeah. pretty cool. Yeah,
0: definitely. And one other thing that I did catch on Twitter real quick was they were showing off like a marketplace item of the day, and it was a, a pickaxe skin where it was like you were there were two lawn flamingos stuck back to back and tied up with like a garden hose. It looked really cool. So obviously they're branching out even from just the Halloween stuff to all kinds of crazy skins for items, probably skins for characters too. Good to see that, you know, continue to grow and become even more wacky.
1: And then, of course, we talked about uh, upgrading graphics, performance, that kind of stuff. There's uh, some performance upgrades in the Battle Royale version. They got shadow rendering a little bit better, a couple other things. So all in all, just a bunch of tiny stuff. They did some damage uh, adjustments for shotguns. That's true, that's true. All sorts of cool little things. Not a huge update. It definitely has some meat to it. Mm Mm-hmm. So if you're interested in any more, go on over, check them out. Very, very cool. They're always doing good stuff. Oh, yeah, definitely. So we took a peek over at Hello Neighbor. They've got nothing going on that I'm aware of. And we also, of course, went over to Gearbox Software, took a look, see over there. And, of course, Gearbox Publishing and nothing at either of those locations as of now, so We're going to jump right into a couple little topics of discussion we wanted to go over, the first one being a super cool item in that Randy Pitchford and Elisa Menendez were in a new podcast talk show called Nirvana Live.
0: Yeah, and that's broadcast live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash NerdVanaLive, live live at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time every Sunday. And they actually have a, well, we said it last week, but they actually have a number you can call in and talk to Randy and Elisa. Ask them any kind of questions you want, which is a lot of people did this time, and it was really pretty cool. Any favorite questions, any favorite answers, any favorite info out of this one, Eric?
1: Oh, I do, I do. There's one part that kinda had me rolling and I don't listen to a lot of live talk radio kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. an individual called in and wanted to know about Borland three and Randy of course gave him the whole runaround and spiel and didn't reveal anything, which is, you know, what I expected. Mm-hmm. So no issue there. And then ten minutes later somebody called and said, What about that Borland three? Yep.
0: <laughs> I, was just,
1: I was just cracking up I'm like, and even Randy goes. So, did you listen to the show at all yet? Well, no, I haven't been able to listen to the show. I was just checking in, you oh, uh, <laughs> I was <laughs> just dying. Oh, uh, that uh, was good.
0: That took me back to. When I was listening to the Taz show every day, he does a you know, live call-in show as well that drops as a podcast later, and there were certain times where it was like once a week someone would call in and be like, hey, how about that time you wrestled Mike Awesome for the ECW title, but you worked for WWF and he worked for WCW and you were wrestling for the ECW title. Well, have you ever told that story? Yeah, dude, I tell that story like every week, but uh, you know if you go back and listen to the podcast, you can hear about it. But I guess I'll run it down real quick anyway. And I was just like, oh, it's the same thing. Same thing mm-hmm. all over again. It's going to be the same thing next week, too. Hey, man, what about that Borderlands 3? Can you say anything about Borderlands 3?
1: Uh-huh. <sighs> so I, I've got to prepare myself for that. Yeah. Because I'm not used to that. I'm used to just listening to like traditional podcasts where they come up with the new items every week mm. based off whatever the heck's going on in the community. But... Beyond that, there was a question that involved Brothers in Arms, and Randy went into a whole shtick about that, which I thought was really fun and mm-hmm. entertaining. And a lot of it was treading water he'd already covered on a previous. God, I'm trying to think, what was it? What, where did he cover that whole story before for the most part?
0: Maybe it w- I think it was probably in the, the IGN Unfiltered. That's the only thing yes, I can that's remember that said that's about exactly the transition there. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. In the IGN Unfiltered, he talked a lot about the Brothers in Arms series and how that came about, and then how it, you know, evolved, and then eventually fell off, and the uh, the relationship he had with Ubisoft and the mm-hmm. Furious Four, and and how that all went down. He went ahead and reiterated that whole story again, which I found very entertaining and insightful because it's that kind of nitty gritty political world mm-hmm. and just ideals and visions that just aren't matching up and how it all goes down. You know, it's really neat to see that kind of stuff take place cuz mm-hmm. as a consumer, I don't typically see or hear any of that. I just go, oh, the game, you know, okay, play other games. And 7 years later, 10, 14 years later, a game comes out and I go, oh, it's the next one of that game that I played 11 years ago. Mm-hmm. Sweet. All right.
0: And, and just to jump in real quick, I thought it was really interesting how, you know, after they fell out and both went their separate ways cuz, you know, Ubisoft wanted to make Furious 4 and Gearbox wanted to make an actual Brothers in Arms game. He he did reiterate that sometime after that they did work together to I think it was publish a couple other things. I don't remember I can't remember off the top of my head what it was he said, but it wasn't like there was a falling out and they went screw you Ubisoft, we're never working with you again. It was just, "Hey, you know, we'll both do our own thing and then we can still actually work together." In in this age of, you know, internet hate and, you know, you wronged me once and we hate you forever. It was good to see that, you know, they're they're doing the business the right way.
1: Yeah, they kept a relationship there.
0: I wouldn't expect them not to, but you know, you know what I mean.
1: Yeah. And I, well, no, I agree 100%. That was cool how he said even though Ubisoft was upset with them, they were able to sit down and work it out and still come to terms and work with each other on other titles and other projects at some point in time and
0: That's what it was. I think it was the Homeworld stuff as he said they worked on distributing it or publishing it, something like that. I think maybe that's what it was.
1: Gotcha. And then a last note from that particular conversation that I thought was really neat was that Montana is the only surviving thing from Furious 4. Mm -hmm. And, of course, he was thrown into Battleborn. So if you want to see anything that would have ever came out of that, there you go. Montana is the last survivor Mm -hmm. from Furious 4. (laughs) I mean, other than, of course, the trailer and everything you got to see. At that, uh, it was E3, right? Pretty sure long, it was E3. Yeah, yeah. So beyond that, he was the only thing that ever got actually playable and usable in a game in mm. the future. That was neat.
0: Except he was he was slightly smaller. He wasn't like I'm sure he wasn't some tall. kind of
1: yeah crazy giant <laughs> thing. But he, you know, still.
0: But yeah, that was definitely cool to hear about. And I had two things that I picked out that when I was listening to it, I went, "Hey, awesome!" And they're a little bit less like actual technical detail things or, you know, actual story things. But the first one was, I don't remember even how he got on the topic, but he went, oh, man, you know, I'm apolitical. I don't like politics. I don't do any of that. And I went, hey, awesome, because I don't like politics either. And I went, that's cool.
1: Good on you, Matt. You and Randy now are buddies, you know what I mean? We're now best got buds. a little something in common.
0: <laughs> and then the other thing that we do have in common is he had somebody called in and was... It was asking about Borderlands 3 in like the most couched way ever, saying, "Well, if you're the fan base who's excited for Borderlands 3, how hyped should we get? And Randy you know said, "Well, I can't ever tell anybody how to feel, but then he went into this big story about Disney Cruises and being excited for them and how he saw somebody post up an article saying, "Here's what the next one should have." And as he read it, he realized it was just that guy's you know hopes and dreams and complete speculation, no facts whatsoever but he really appreciated that because it got that that guy's hopes and dreams got him excited and thinking about his own hopes and dreams and a 2017 is the year of hopes and dreams and magic it is indeed and b that's what conjecture land is that's conjecture land so if randy has ever heard a conjecture land episode if he ever does hear a conjecture land episode he will love it cuz he just said that's his thing all our out there theories and speculation and hopes and dreams and wishes—that's it right there.
1: Well, he would probably have to listen to the the conjecture land we did two times ago because our last conjecture land was pretty pretty based in reality. We didn't go too far out in the wild, so we gotta we gotta take him back one and go into the one of
0: wild dreams and speculation. Wait a minute, <laughs> you said he was going to come charging onto the stage, shooting off rocket launchers, riding butt stallion. Well, that that is you know... that is a little bit out there, Eric. <laughs>
1: Oh man! <laughs> Fine, all right. He didn't do that, by the way. I think I was wrong in that.
0: He could just cut out the realism rock segments where we where we ran the cr- the canoe ground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Oh, uh, that's it. But no, the inter- the whole show I thought was pretty good. You know, they you can tell that they've got to work on I would say the show was a success. Yeah. yeah. I liked how they were sitting there cool as cats just talking about some video games, taking the calls in, having a good time with it. it wasn't all serious and ridiculous and I enjoyed it. But I would say this I felt like as sometimes they wanted to talk about just like video games in general. Mm-hmm. Randy and Elisa were going back and forth about the new Mario Odyssey, which was really nice and cool to see them talk about something besides you know the Gearbox Gearbox products and what what's going on in their house. But of course, all the calls were focused mainly around uh, Borderlands Three Gearbox titles. Which, well, no duh. You have Randy Pitchford sitting there saying, "Hey, call me up and talk to me." Yeah. What are people going to call up Randy Pitchford and talk to him about? But I would say. I think in the future maybe start getting some focused shows. Mm-hmm. So like, hey, you know what? We really want to talk about Xbox One and this title and that title. Call in about that. We'll talk all about it. We're going to have a blast. Mm-hmm. Something like that. That way you get uh, variation every week so you don't get the problem of someone every single week calling in about Borderlands 3 and that scenario taking place. Let's let's try to curb that.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree with that. I when he's when he and Elisa both started talking about Mario Odyssey, I mean, there's no reason he couldn't play it, but I was kind of surprised that he was as into it as he was, you know, and then hearing more from Elisa because we don't really ever see her on anything other than the gearbox streams or her her rocksmith streams. You know, it was good to hear you know more from her, more from Randy on things that they wouldn't normally talk about. So, like you said, if they had you know, hey, this is our this is going to be our Super Mario Odyssey show because we both beat it and we got all the moons or whatever, call in and we can you know have cool chats about that and what we liked, what we didn't, et cetera, et cetera. It would, like you said, it would it would guide people in certain directions versus just hey, call in about whatever
1: because it'll always be the same. It'll always be. Mm-hmm. there'll always at least be one or two questions about Borland 3. Oh, yeah. Or just have the individual who's screening the calls make sure that they're not going to ask about Borland 3 if they've already answered the question or answered a question similar to that question, mm-hmm. just to make sure we don't rehash the same stuff every week over and over. Yeah. Because I enjoy listening, and I want, obviously I'm going to continue listening because, you know what? You got your gearbox, boys and gals, over there. So Eric is going to be open to that.
0: That's right. And as we told you guys last week, the show does drop as a podcast. They have their own Podbean uh, feed. I think it's nerdvonalive.podbean.com. Just search Nerdvonalive in your podcast app. You can find it. Or you can catch the VOD on twitch.tv slash nerdvonalive. And uh, if you're free on a Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. Eastern and you want to talk to randy pitchford or elisa melendez or maybe they'll have guests at some point i don't even know get on twitch watch and see what they're talking about and call in maybe you hear one of our voices on there sometime it could happen i might
1: just hear one of us talking to them someday maybe this sunday but not gonna promise anything because i might be dying from some kind of skin rash i'll
0: call up and say hey i turned my friend eric into a bush what should i do about that (laughs) Turned
1: him into Swamp Thing. He's running around in the forest now. <laughs> need to send Sean after him.
0: Well, see, see, it's actually perfect because you have that little swampy creek right out front of your house. You I can do. Ju- You can just move out in the front yard. I just perfect. live there. Oh, and, you're right. And then see, instead of being a ghost haunting the front yard, you're a swamp creature.
1: So I can protect the front yard. <laughs> exactly. I'll eat the skunks that are all over there in the front yard all the time. Stop scratching
0: your arm, dude! Jesus, I can't
1: stop scratching. There's bumps everywhere. I'm dying. <laughs> what the hell? Just happened? I'm dying. I'm literally dying. There's something wrong with my skin. I want to rub my eyes, and that's gonna get my eyes.
0: <laughs> what did you eat for dinner? Because if it was lunch, it would you would have had it way before this.
1: I had tacos, man.
0: Poison tacos.
1: Same tacos I have every Taco Tuesday. <laughs>
0: Thursday. (laughs) (laughs) It's in your brain. It's in your brain. (laughs) Ah. (laughs) So that wraps up the Nerdvana Live conversation. Now, there was some other kind of thing involving telephones and calls and high-up people talking about things, wasn't there, Eric?
1: Indeed, there was. So Take-Two went ahead and had one of their big conference calls, letting shareholders and all that know what they're up to, where the world's moving for them. And they've made this whole point of saying, hey, guess what, man? Microtransactions, secondary money, tertiary money, not game sales, is a big deal. Mm -hmm. It's moving and shaking, making this business successful. And we're going to make sure every game that we put out here on out has something of this nature. And, of course... If you go read it and figure it all out, he doesn't say that every game will have microtransactions. Right. He just says every game will engage the audience in some way, shape, or form, be via microtransactions. Uh, could be DLCs. Mm. Could be all sorts of gosh knows what. But anywho's, it's got everybody up in arms, and you know going, oh God, here we go. Everything's microtransactions. Mm. It's, it's all over. And Randy Pitchford. Throughout a response to that, and he was just kind of highlighting some of the, the, the speech and making sure people realize no, it doesn't necessarily have to be online all the time, doesn't necessarily have to be microtransactions, mm-hmm. and that it can be through other things such as the DLCs. And of course, just keeping a strong community based uh, push going to get everybody involved and, and just keep basically keeping people playing that game is yeah. what they want to focus on doing. So that way you're always there, you're throwing your money at them whenever they do have more gameplay or things to buy, things to do, because they're a business and they want your money, and that's the way the world works. Right. Now, I see the bad side of this, Matt.
0: Well, of course, everybody does.
1: And that is that it will be microtransactions, because everything's moving to games as a service. It's just the way the world's moving right now. Mm. If you look outside in the gaming world, that's what you see. Everybody wants a piece of that games as a service action. Yeah. Because there's a lot of money in it. Everybody is going, hey, I made billions of dollars on this. Look at me, look at me. Oh, I made millions. Look at me, look at me. So everybody's scrambling trying to get this together. And everybody fears that your Borderlands 3... It's gonna be a microtransaction-ridden game when you're not gonna be able to do anything. You want an unkept Harold? Hey, four nine and nine, and it can be yours. Right. Nobody wants that scenario to take place. Mm. But based off where where they're seeing things go and some of the games that are pushing microtransactions, things like that, in a negative in a negative way, mm. they're they're fearful, and I, I can understand that.
0: Yeah, I can understand that too. But I still think when you look at the whole Borderlands series, it's been structured in the same way for, I mean, two mainline installments and then another one on top of that, where it's you get your main game and, you know, you do play, you can do online co-op and all that stuff, and then you have scheduled DLC releases that go on. And in the case of Borderlands 2, you had seasonal DLC releases, which also came, you know, you did have to pay for those. One of the things that Randy chunked out of this whole call was something that did kind of strike me, and, you know, he even says that, Borderlands was ahead of its time in this way because, and I'll just read the quote straight out, Strauss Zelnick says, it may not always be an online model, it probably won't always be a virtual currency model, but there will be some ability to engage in an ongoing basis with our titles after release across the board. And, I mean, that's what post-launch DLC does. And they've been doing it they've apparently been really successful at it i would imagine at least with all the dlc's for borderlands 1 2 and the pre sequel so i don't see why they wouldn't just do it that way as long as they can you know put it out there to take 2 or whoever saying hey look here's what our initial sales were here's what we got on top of that it was you know bonkers blockbuster success please don't make us screw with our model in you know some microtransaction way or some gated off this that or the other thing way don't make us put loot boxes in because we can make all this money now with this same formula you know what i mean
1: i know what you mean and of course that's the dream is that it doesn't get messed with too much yeah however i can't see dlc being the only source of cash in a game going forward when your uh, big dog says that they want to make money through after game aftermarket sales, not just game sales. Well, that's because what DLCs, DLC is too though. But DLCs take too much time and too much work. And any company who's like, "Oh yeah, we promise we'll put a DLC out every three months," and that'll make up for you know us not including loot boxes or microtransactions of some shape or form. It's not going to work. It's not going to happen. Anybody and everybody I've ever played that's games for service who's tried this has failed. They do not get their DLCs out in a timely fashion. They always fall behind because it's too much work. Unless they did it before the game released and then just segmented it. But then the second anybody finds out, you gated, you gated all this content that was done. You gated it so you could sell it to us. You're in deep water anyway. My theory is that they will mainly focus on DLC like they have in the past because Mm -hmm. that's smart. And it was awesome. They did so much good DLC for Borderlands 2 that I, we still go back and play it every now and again because mm-hmm. it was a ton of fun. The holidays thing, awesome idea. I hope they continue that. But an easy way to make money is going to be through the skins, through the color schemes. I think that's a an easy way just to throw in microtransactions that, of course, are just cosmetic, just like every other game is doing these days. But, of course, if you play long enough or farm the right bad guys, you can get the same coloration, same skins through doing that as well. But if you just say, hey, you know, I want to buy this $60 pack that has 42 colors and 10, 15 skins, and that, that way I don't have to worry about it. Hey, you can do that.
0: Now I I will counter I will be the optimistic person even though I've been a pessimist all week long about literally everything we've talked about. <laughs> but I will be the optimist and say that I I could see that happening. Yes, because they did dabble in these, you know, the premium skins and taunts type thing for Battleborn, but I would imagine that if you showed them, you know, the the profit analysis from Borderlands with the DLC model and Battleborn with the premium marketplace model that eventually came into it, and obviously they're two totally different franchises with two totally different levels of success. I think you could promote that and just say, hey, look, on this page we get lots and lots of money, and everyone's really happy, and on this page we didn't get much money, and everyone was really mad, and they still tweet at us about that because they're really mad. That kind of thing. I think you could convince them to not have to do this, but I don't know. I I could see it. I could definitely see it happening, especially just the premium skin thing, because that's always fun. And especially if it's, you know, pay two bucks to get this skin guaranteed versus possibly farm these three bosses forever and never get it because I'm playing with you.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Well you understand right You're never going to get any peace It's never going to happen
0: Oh Eric my internet's broken I can't play Always offline
1: (laughs) Always offline
0: (laughs) So I mean I I believe that's probably how they would go If they do do it But I don't think they necessarily have to They've been so successful with their DLCs (laughs) That I think they have the financials And the records to back that up That that is profitable for them And people love everything that they've done when they do that,
1: well, my argument to this, and this is only because I love games as a service in general, is that even the D- the DLCs are fantastic, a ton of fun, but they came out at you know odd different times, and there was all huge stretches where there was nothing. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten used to the fact where every week, every two weeks, there was an up- there's an update, there's a new event right around the corner, there's a new uh fun skin or a new this or that coming out.
0: That's true, that's true.
1: I enjoy that model, I really do, because I feel like it's Christmas every couple weeks.
0: But my counter to that is, and well, this is kind of a...
1: This is almost a different discussion, I would say.
0: Well, see, I, I was just going <laughs> to say this is a bit of a gray area because of the way that we've played Borderlands 2, but how long did it take us to beat that game, beat it on True Vault Hunter, beat it on Ultimate, oh, we, ne- we never did that...
1: But there's multiple reasons for this. And
0: then, you know, by that time, hey, a DLC's here. Let's jump into it. And, you know, all you had to do by that time was beat the base game. Oh, well, we're in the middle of our our true Vault Hunter thing. Let's jump into that. I agree. You know, I think...
1: For me and you, it was perfect. It was fine. I'm just talking about your go-to rock and roll player like I am with any of my other games.
0: Yeah, and I guess that's true. Most of the Borderlands fan base does just blast through it like nobody's business, because your Mm. brother beat it in, what, like six hours, because he's a freaking maniac. And I guess I never think of it that way, just because even when I'm playing by myself, I don't go through stuff that quick, you know, if I'm just rocking and rolling. To me, it feels like there's enough content in that base game if you're going through, because you got all the different characters, the different skills, the different difficulty levels, farming for guns. I don't think it's it's as urgent, but you do make a good point that most of the really hardcore people just get it done, like just like that,
1: yeah. And then they're in there just farming their weapons, they want their best roles, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, mm-hmm. And then they're clamoring for DLC. That's true. And like that's I true. said, it takes time to do that DLC, and therefore, you get people throwing off, shrugging off, taking off to another game. And you know, who knows if they come back, you know what I mean? It,
0: See, I was gonna say though, if you are that freaking diehard that you blow through. All three difficulties of a Borderlands Two or a Borderlands Three, or well, you know, if assuming it's even set up the same way, you will come back for that DLC because you just spent like a ridiculous amount of time and effort to get that done. That's my True. only counter to that. I, I totally understand what you're saying, but that's my that's my one little. I, I I I will not accept that. Who knows if they come back? They're gonna come back because they did all that other stuff.
1: Probably. 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 But then again, the same argument in Destiny 2 has been made, you know, in Destiny 1 for that matter. You think, you know, people had a great time, a blast doing the Vault of Glass. You know, oh, everyone's going to come back for, uh, you know, Dark Below. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Well, guess what? Only 80% came back for Dark Below. Then after the Dark Below, if some people left again. That's oh, all right. They'll be back. They'll be back for uh, Wolves, you know. Uh, uh-oh. Only like 60% came back. So I'm worried that there could be a fall-off, and then, of course, you don't want that. You want 100% retention, and actually you want more than 100% retention. You want to bring in new people every time you release something new as well as the 100% you had in the beginning.
0: I, I will say that if it is MMO-based, if it is has that big online component, then I do agree with you that you do have to be there every week, every month, You know, putting in new adjustments, new tweaks, new encounters, new areas, new this, that, the other thing.
1: Well, what I want... Matt more than anything, and it's kind of straying away from it all because it's getting to my personal wants. Mm-hmm. But I'm just I hope it's more than just DLC. So I'm kind of in the whole model of something else because then it's going to make the developers have to be there with patch updates with this and that going on. Yeah. and maybe communicating and doing streams and keeping the community up to date, having a blast, doing all this stuff. And that's what we've been dreaming of here at Third Shift since the beginning.
0: That's true. That's true.
1: So I, I would like them to actually have to have all this other crap because then it forces their hand and they've got to be in there every week going to town, keeping that community strong. Mm. And then we get to see them all the time, interact with them all the time, which makes the show healthier, stronger. It's all for personal, personal needs and gains. I'm an evil man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you are that. I will agree with that. And I'll agree with the point you made, too, because... We've, we've said it a million times. You just said it. We, we love seeing them. We love seeing them doing streams. We love seeing their faces. And I would say, you know, I'm not a Super Games as, as a service guy, but I would get behind, you know, you have your big four-chunk DLCs, four or five or six or however you do, but then you just have more Headhunter DLCs.
1: Oh, yes, yeah, those were awesome. I would
0: pay two bucks once a month for a new little mission where you go running out to the stars with Dougie. Or, you know, hey, it looks holiday time. Here's a little, oh, man, the crazy Easter bunny came in from the planet Magubu, and he's bouncing all around, or a crazy Easter loader bot got loose or something. Just, you know, goofy little things like that that you could just, they do take a lot of work, but they wouldn't take as much work as, like, a big, fat DLC. Just, here, here's a little this, here's a little that to hold you over for, oh, the big raid of... You know, raid right on Turtle Beach, or you know, whatever the heck it is.
1: Mm-hmm. And then along the way, if you got to throw in some premium skins, that doesn't bug me. I'm not yeah. a I'm not a freakazoid who's like, oh, the skins there, I have to have it. I gotta spend four. They're forcing me to spend four ninety nine. That's not me. So, unfortunately, I can't identify with the people who are weird and have that unnatural desire just to buy something because they see it and have to have it.
0: And and I'm also not that guy, the internet guy who exists right now, who goes, oh, they're asking me to pay money for a skin that I don't have to buy at all if I don't want to in a game I already paid for. Rawr! Throw, flip the table. I'm not going to throw my pen because I threw it already earlier, but rawr.
1: (laughs) So... In all, I think both of us are probably pretty much in the same boat. It's not a big deal if they do have them. If they don't, it also doesn't hurt my feelings any because they had a great formula from the word go, Mm -hmm. and we enjoyed the hell out of it. But I'm curious to know what everybody else thinks. Where does everybody stand on this? Should Borderlands 3 get into the microtransactions so they only get into the, the DLC model or maybe a hybrid version of that? What have you got for us? I'm curious.
0: Yeah, I would definitely be interested to know What all of our fans out there think? Let us know. Send us your feedback, and... Oh, my God. Speaking of feedback... What?
1: Oh, it's the mailbag. Coming back at you, full 3D.
0: Huzzah! The mailbag returns. We might actually even get some mailbag love on IG2G in our next episode. But for now, a third-shift-centric mailbag question comes to us from the cutting room queen, Danny herself. She asks, Time to get a little up-close-and-personal, gentlemen. It's clear the two of you love video games. Do you remember how you were introduced to the gaming world?
1: Oh, wow, that's so sweet. What a sweet question. Oh my goodness. Let me just answer that. Well, the first time I ever played video games. Wow, man. Holy cow. So I was five years old. I had just been reunited with my father. And I see this little gray box underneath the TV. And I'm like, what the hell is that? And he's, he's uh, you know, in the kitchen and doing his thing. And he comes and sits down and he turns it on, pushes that little button on the front there. And Mario Brothers comes on the screen. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching him run through this this whole thing. And I'm thinking, this is the cat's meow. So, of course, being a five-year-old, I start, you know, whining and crying. and I'm play, Daddy. I want to play. Daddy, I to play. Can I play if I sit here quietly? Can I play? And eventually, he either got angry or tired or just let me play because he was bored. I don't know which happened. I'm a five-year-old. I don't remember that much. <laughs> he let me play. And from that moment on, that was it. I just loved video games. I played whatever game he had in front of me. Rocked out Mario. Played Duck Hunt. Played the tin can one. What was the one where he shot the tin cans? Hogan's Alley. Yeah, I
0: was going to say Hogan's Alley. Yeah.
1: Yep. Oh, we got that. And then we got some other crappy games that, you know, I don't really remember real well. And then I remember this goes on for maybe six months, a year. I can't remember how long it was. But Mario 2 was coming out. And this was a huge deal. Everyone was going freaking bananas. I remember going to my Uncle Ron's and my dad. And Uncle Ron got it day one, opening day. We sat down in his little man cave. We're down there just playing that game all night. My dad let me stay up till like one in the morning with the men playing mm-hmm. Mario Two down in a man cave. Nice. So, all that just jumbled in my head as mm-hmm. some of the memories I have. And of course, ever since then, it's been nothing but games, 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 games. I've had every single system since then: Sega Genesis, Game Gear, Game Boy, Super Nintendo, Dreamcast, Sega Saturn. You know, you name it, I've had it. I've played it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Except for the Wii U because it was an abomination and shouldn't have existed.
0: You can't ever play Bayonetta Two now.
1: Yeah, in Xbox One because I chose PlayStation Four because, you know, I'm a grown man with kids now and I don't have money to get everything anymore.
0: Mm. <laughs> Sad times for Mr. What about
1: what about you, man? What's the first time?
0: Uh I don't remember specifically a first time. I mean I'm sure you know, it happened at some point that my dad or mom brought the Atari 2600 into the room and went, hey, look, here it is, and play it. It just has always been there as far as my memory goes, and I was always playing Asteroid on that. If Well, if I was by myself, just up in my room, playing Asteroid nonstop all the time. Asteroid, Asteroid, Asteroid. If one of my parents was like, hey, want to play a game with me? Absolutely. We'd be playing combat. We'd be flipping the little switch, selecting the different modes. The uh, the bouncy one with the bouncy balls that I was terrible at. The invisible tank mode, which I was freaking amazing at. I mean, for a kid, I'm sure. The the one where you had the, like, the three little planes versus the one big plane. Mm. That was freaking fantastic. And then, man, I loved that Atari. I played... I played so many games on that over the years. I mean, combat, asteroids, pitfall. There was one that was, oh, gosh, what was it? I think it was just called Kangaroo. You were a kangaroo doing Frogger stuff, basically. There was one called Keystone Cops. I remember playing over and over and over again. You were a cop. Basically, going through this crazy shopping mall trying to catch a robber dude before he got up to the roof. And there'd be like bouncing balls and things that would fall on you, and all, you know, shopping carts you had to jump over, all kinds of crazy stuff. So I I would say the Atari 2600 is what started it. But from what I understand of both of my parents, they were always into video games even from before I was around, they'd always be talking about, Oh man, this arcade game up at Michigan Tech where we were both were at in some, you know, back room, we'd always play that. Anytime my dad got a computer that he'd bring home from work, he would always have some kind of game on it. I vaguely remember, you know, one of these old one of the old laptops where like this the keyboard would like latch up to the screen and it would come out like this. Aww. And I think he had, like, Robotron on that or some version of that. I remember playing that. I remember playing text adventures at his work because he'd bring me in and be like, hey, I got to work late. Come on over. We'll go to work. You can sit down on Bobby's computer and play whatever it was called, whatever that text adventure was. Playing that late into the night. So many good times. And then from then on, it's just been nonstop games just like you said. Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Nintendo. My buddies always had the Sega machine, so I'd always go to their houses to play those. N sixty four, PlayStation, Dreamcast. Just everything. Like you said, anytime I had enough money to buy all of the consoles, I had all the consoles, I had all the best games. I, I still feel like I have the best games. I have a great time with my with my PS four. Like you, I missed out on the Wii U Xbox One just because so far it... You know, it hasn't been monetarily viable. I want that Xbox One X, though, even though it is $500. And, and I think the only other thing I haven't played is PSP or Vita. I never did get one of those. Mm,
1: but you're right. Yep, I did not get the PSP or Vita. Dang it. I thought Some about
0: jumping them. in and going, I know you haven't played those. Yeah, but I was like, I, I was oh, just yeah.
1: I totally forgot about them. That's my <laughs> fault. Dang it. Now I need to just go buy a used one for 59 bucks 79 and play it. <laughs> There's a ton of great games.
0: So. I was going to say, I've talked about it forever. I know the remake of Final Fantasy Tactics was good on the PSP, and Persona 4 on the go, playing Persona 4 at work. Oh, that oh, would be goodness. amazing
1: to get Persona 4 in. <sighs> that would almost be worth it by itself, to be honest.
0: Mm-hmm. Because by now, I'm sure you can get one for 50 bucks. Got to be. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Anyway, so those are our video game histories.
1: Well, I was gonna tag on something before I oh, oh, finish okay, up, okay, 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 because you sparked a memory. I did want to add on too that Metroid was a game that holds a special place in my heart because that was a game where my dad played it and I mm. sat there beside him and I was the 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 cartographer.
0: Oh, okay. Nice. And
1: I would sit there and be jotting down, you know, unsolved mysteries for mm. him, like holes that he couldn't get into, things he couldn't reach, and I'd be, you know, making sure he knew where go to go back to. So he'd get a, a new missile or something, and he'd be like, well, "Where was that stupid thing? Where was it?" I'd be like, "Oh, you got to go back three screens, go down the elevator, go left over twice, and it's gonna be in that room." Nice. And then he'd go over and do all that, and so we beat the game. Based off that, which was a lot of fun. That's pretty. He was obsessed with that game, and then my mom almost divorced him, probably for that game. But
0: (laughs) you know, (laughs) (laughs) wait a minute. (laughs) No, I'm equating this in my head to the guy that likes to watch nudie movies or look at nudie mags. You like those girls more than me, so I picture your mom pointing at this eight-bit Samus Aran. You like her more than me. God damn it, Samus more than me. How how could you you do
1: this? No, she was just the typical what you see. Uh, play these goddamn video games. What are these video games you playing, mm-hmm. Shouldn't you be out mowing a lawn or, or chopping wood or something?
0: Go reshingle the house for no reason. Okay. <laughs>
1: Even though she did play some video games too in the mm-hmm. early days, but he kind of, t- you know, he was a little obsessive and took over. And,
0: and pe- I piece. find that mothers always go through that like dips and. Highs and lows with video games. Oh, you really like video games here. Play these video games. Oh, gosh, you play video games all the time. But I keep up with my schoolwork, and I do great in everything else. (sighs) I guess. And then it's, oh, you really like those video games, don't you? Ah, That's okay.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because mothers are all bipolar and crazy.
0: (laughs) See, I was just going to say parents just don't understand. Like the old Fresh Prince song. Oh, I like the
1: reference. Yes. (laughs) Beautiful.
0: So those are all our histories of video games, how we got into the hobby, and, uh, you know, where it went from there. So how did you guys get into video games? Let us know that. Give us any questions you got. Send us mailbag questions. Send us feedback. Send us love. Send us hate mail. You can do that via email at info at thirdshift.me. You can tweet at us at thirdshiftme, and you can find us on Facebook under Third Shift.
1: And, as you guys know, we do have a Patreon set up, and we do have a whole bunch of lovely patrons already. You guys and gals are the best. We love you, we respect you, and we want to do all sorts of good things for you. Oh, yeah. And if you don't know, we treat it like a tip jar. If you like what you hear, you thought Matt was funny, did something stupid or great, whatever it was, or Eric did, who knows? Or you like the way Danny edits the stuff and makes it seem really cool even though we're a bunch of jarheads. <laughs> well, hey, <laughs> then throw us a buck, throw us five bucks, throw us a thousand bucks. Any of that is very much appreciated. We use it to better the show, keep our lights on and going. And if you can't, hey, I understand, too, money's a real deal, can't always uh, throw bucks people's way, but you can throw us a mailbag question. You can give us five-star ratings. You can give us feedback of any kind on any sort of platform, likes, all that other good stuff. It's very much appreciated. It helps us out, as we always say, and as the stories I've told you in the past, you should know this stuff by now.
0: That's right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and of course, this podcast drops every Friday, so we'll be back in your ear holes on the 17th of November for our very next episode. And you can find those episodes on iTunes, on Stitcher, and on Podbean. And as Eric said, if you like what we're doing and you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services, because it does help us out and we really do appreciate it. And I would also like to plug the website, because I forgot to say earlier mm. in my in my Hey, What's Your Week doing, I've been working on... Probably the longest to the mat article I've had because I'm trying to condense my, you know, my uh, my wrestling month stuff into you know kind of hits and misses of each show, and that's been taking a really long time to get all my thoughts in on that. And then I also want to work on another one, but I also have to do blooper reels for the patrons and I have to do conjecture land specials. So apologies for. Me being behind schedule on that stuff, but hit hit up the website, hit up the Twitter, any of that stuff. You'll be the first one to know when all that stuff pops out.
1: Holy moly, God bless it. Just rocking and rolling over there. Fantastic. That's right. Love it. I love it.
0: Oh, and I think Danny even restructured or added onto her national novel writing month entry. I think she's doing a different type of story, so definitely hit up that too.
1: Oh, gonna take it from a different angle?
0: I th- yeah, I think it was, oh, I don't know what that original story was going to be, but I kind of skimmed it a little bit at work before I got yelled at, and it looked like more fantasy style.
1: Okay, Cool. I'll have to go check it out because I obviously I read the first one mm-hmm. and then I saw her saying something about changing or doing something with it, but I didn't actually get to see it or read it because I was at work too. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: definitely check it out, everybody. The website's rocking and rolling. The only person in absence is yours truly because he's a slum lord. da
0: Good old Eric. <laughs> you can always rely on him for nothing.
1: Uh, that's tr- true. True. Sometimes in some ways.
0: Well, hey. We can always have you go get good Korean food for us. And then turn into Swamp Thing. <laughs> hey, don't forget to say
1: that. Shut up and sit down.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that should be the end right there. Uh. <laughs> Goodness That's it. That was perfect. Boom. Perfect. Done.